Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. Looking great, looking spry, nice. looking amazing. Uh, what 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 is it about you that looks different today? Wearing a golf polo. Oh, the golf polo. That's what it is. Yeah. Look at you. Went to the range earlier. You know, I'm on, I'm on the when when you when you have your best round of golf this last weekend, you gotta you gotta keep it up. You know, you gotta grind. Are you, are you one of those people that are not one of those people? But it's a very normal thing in sports for when people watch something, then they get in the mood to go play it. And the Masters is this week. Does That's, that have anything that to do is with contributing it? to it? But no, I okay. play golf every weekend. So, so you're not on a golf high right now. No, I'm. My, I'm, I've always been on a golf high for. Are like you a gonna year. watch the Masters? I'll be at a bachelor party, but on the way oh, yeah. to the drive there, I will be watching on my phone because if you download the Masters app, it's free. Shout out the Masters. Okay, okay. I didn't know. Do you have a favorite? Are you you picking someone? Or you just you just rolling with the punches. You're, mean, are, you, are you the type of person that finds the favorite as it goes? I mean, I want Tiger to win. I'd like Justin Thomas to win. And I guess Jordan Spieth. Listen, all I'm trying to say, we don't like to live golf, you know? Okay, anti Who's watching? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like the big storyline. You know, they had their master's dinner and like some of the champions, past champions were in the Saudi league and others aren't, you know? So so it's like, mm. a, it's like a rivalry now. Mm, okay. And you are a team... I'm team you're PGA. Not, you're not team Saudi. Not team Saudi. <laughs> not team Saudi. Listen, right. I'm not. I may be like against them, but if I was also offered like 300 million dollars to go play golf, I can't say I wouldn't take it. Can't say. Can't say. Wouldn't say no. Anyways, <laughs> so Colin's not team Saudi, but at the same time, I understand. He can be bought. He can be bought. I can be bought. He can be bought. <laughs> So someone start the Photoshop up right now. Oh no! <laughs> Chill out. Oh my God. Okay. Anyways, anyways, um, got a lot loaded podcast today. Um, again, we are recording this for the Republic of Football, um, podcast network. Um, I think it's what our third one on there, for third or fourth one on there. So we're gonna talk basketball for the first twenty minutes. Uh, we're gonna have a special guest J.D. Davis, um, aka North Texas Eagle on Twitter. Uh, recruiting analyst and you know all that good stuff for Gomin Green does a great job out there. Uh, Collins arch nemesis, really. If we remember, that was funny. That was funny last year. Back I'm gonna bring that we'll up. Don't you worry. That. I already thought about it. Okay, good, good. Um, anyways, he's gonna be on the second half of this podcast, so stay tuned for that. But first, Colin, mm-hmm. gotta talk basketball. Of course, gotta talk basketball because uh, since we last did our our NIT podcast uh, after they won the the whole thing, and we were you know on there crying and. Colin Wren and Colin Ream and Colin everyone are like, oh, this is great. Uh, since then, Graham McCaslin has officially gone to Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. All right, I watched the press introductory press conference. I can confirm it is real. It has happened. He is there. With that happening, then we have some transfers, transfers out of North Texas that we will talk about, and then we have Ross Hodge and his introductory press conference and spiel and everything, which was today, Wednesday, April fifth. So. We got all that to cover here. Let's start with Grant McCaslin because we were sitting at a pizza place um, in McKinney mm-hmm. and I was scrolling on my phone and all of a sudden my heart dropped. Yeah. I, I don't remember the face I made. Maybe you can describe it, but I was it just like jaw dropped. It's one of those things where you knew it was coming and it still didn't prepare you for the, the image that you saw of him in that red 
Yeah. It, it, we saw photoshops. We saw everything to prepare ourselves mentally. We knew it was coming. No one photoshopped him in red. And that, <laughs> and yet, that Friday afternoon, I see him in red, and I'm just like, what is going on? My heart dropped. My jaw dropped. Everything dropped. And I showed it to you, and it's just like, wow. Yeah. This really happened. Felt like I was shot 19 times. Yeah, you tweeted that. You got your viral tweet from Colin Mitchell here. Wow. is about about violence. as viral as I can be. So about violence, nonetheless. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, it was a surreal moment. So he goes over there. Um, they had the introductory press conference on Monday, I believe, is when I watched it. Um, and yeah, it all unfolded. And what what are your thoughts? I after watching the press conference and everything. I feel a lot better. But when I first saw him in that red, let me tell you, it actually did feel like I was shot that many times because when you look at that, it's like you said, so jarring. It's the opposite of green. It's solid red. He's walking through and it's just like the day after the NIT. And you just know in the back of your mind, like, dang, he was our coach yesterday. So um, that, those are my initial thoughts. (laughs) I mean, I think it's everyone's initial thoughts, right? Like you saw, it's like, the red's the most dominant color you can ever have and just seeing it on our beloved coach mac you know like dude i mean again mccaslin's really all we knew right like i knew i had benford for one year you had him for benford for two years but those Mm. years they really don't matter obviously um the last six years have just been all grant mccaslin we've talked to him we've gotten to know him we've gotten to know the staff and everything and um Obviously, we knew this was going to happen. It's just like, wow, it's here. So with that being said, we don't need to keep rehashing the point that we were shocked. Um, Obviously, we hope that it goes well and he does well. I thought he killed the introductory press conference. I thought he was great. He's authentic. The best thing about that for me, as obviously we know Texas Tech as Chris Beard, Mark Adams, you know, Chris Beard, boom, goes to Texas, fired. Mark Adams, fired or, you know, let go of some things. Yeah, said yeah. some said some things. Yeah, they go after two years. Graham McCaslin is on the other end of the spectrum from those guys, mm-hmm. and that's why I don't think Texas Tech fans understand. Is like he like if you if Texas Tech fans want to be skeptical or whatever of you know making the jump from North Texas Tech to Tech, sure that's fine, but you can't say anything about like the person Graham McCaslin right. at this point. Like it is so he is so much of a better person and a better has so much better character than the past coaches that you've had. And I know it's about wins and losses, but he's won games. He has the wins and losses. He has the resume. And now you're getting a coach that is on the opposite end of the spectrum from we know what Chris Beard did and we know what Mark Adams, you know, how weird Mark Adams was. Even beyond what he said is like early in the season, like he had players transfer out and then Fardos left and then came back. And it's just a lot of weird things there. McCaslin will give you stability. He will bring you wins. And he is from the Scott Drew coaching tree. Where now with the Big 12 has Scott Drew, Graham McCaslin, and Jerome Tain. Yeah. That's gonna be fun. So it's gonna be crazy. I, I just wanted to I just want to throw that out there. I'm really excited for him. I think he's gonna do a great job. We have a lot of North Texas things to talk about, but we will obviously be rooting for him at Texas Tech. Um let's talk about the transfers though, because a little bit of the fallout from that. Um obviously these guys could have transferred even if he stayed. We saw Drez transfer last year when he stayed and so on and so forth. Uh, Tyler Perry enters the transfer transfer portal. Abu Usman enters the transfer portal. I think those are the only two, right, off the top of my head? Off of that I know of, yeah. Yeah, the only two so far. Um, Tyler then put out a tweet 
quoting somebody that said, you know, I'll pass on him. 5'11 guard doesn't defend. You don't won't shoot as much. And he said, this is why I want to prove myself, basically. This is why I want to go to the next level and play. So that makes sense. Abu is interesting because of what happened in the NIT. And there's a lot of, you know, everyone has their own opinions. It's like, okay, well, it was family reasons is the reasons. That's all we got were family reasons, quote unquote. And so with that being the case, we had no choice but to respect that. Right. Right. We were like, all right, he probably, you know, had to fly back to New York, you know, whatever, take care of whatever he had to take care of. Um, Really still hope everything's okay with them. Um, But now he enters the portal and now it's like, okay, you know, was it a family reasons for a game? And then he just, you know, didn't come back or was it, you know, so something else like we don't know the situation. So with those two being very different situations, which one do we want to start with? Uh, I think let's go the uh, Tyler route because I feel okay. like that's the one that everyone really, really in their heart cares about. Um, obviously, like you said, he's entering the transfer portal and it's probably to prove himself on another level that North Texas can't offer him. I mean, he obviously, I think, wants to go to a power six school. Um, and I think he deserves that because he emptied everything he had to North Texas, Denton, and the community surrounding. I mean, yesterday after he uh, entered the transfer portal, he went to an elementary school and signed autographs for a whole school. And today during the press conference, he was asked, you know, what does it mean to do this like community outreach stuff? And, you know, he was at loss for words at first because he couldn't hold back his emotions and then was finally able to talk and said it meant everything to him. So I think that he deserves this. And I think he gave North Texas everything he could have outside of an NCAA championship. You gave him the next best thing in IIT championship. And uh, I mean, if you're going to leave it all, I think you you left it in a pretty good spot. Same as it's like the same same situation as Grant, right? Yeah. Grant gave him gave North Texas everything he had. Tyler gave you everything he had. Now it's time to kind of let him spread their wings. And I want to make sure, even before we get sep even before we get into Tyler completely, it's like every school in the country. I just did a Dave Campbell's the, our Texas basketball podcast, and it's like the transfer portal is. It doesn't matter if you're a mid-major. It doesn't matter if you're a high-major. doesn't matter if you're Division two, Juke or not Juco, but Division two, wherever you yeah. are. Like, high-level high players, top players from every school are transferring. Tremont Mark left Houston. Like, he was going to be their leading scorer last year. Why? I don't know. LJ Cryer from Baylor, obviously 16-point-per-game scorer. He enters the portal. So, it don't, I don't want people to be like, oh, well, North Texas is just a stepping stone for, for schools. There is players leaving high, high major schools and looking for other opportunities out there. It is a very don't try to put rhyme or reason into things um, or try to look at it as a macro issue for a school because it's not. It is every case is a case by case basis. Yeah. And Tyler Perry, like you said, wants to prove himself. He currently I mean, he has what probably 40, 50 schools reaching out to him at this point. Uh, yep. John Rosting just put out. Uh, that he's in, receiving interest from Missouri, Tennessee, Baylor, Arkansas Tech, uh, and that's Texas Tech, uh, Georgia Tech, Florida, Wake Forest, Cal, Minnesota, Louisville, Boston College. Like, if he can go there and put up 15 points per game, I mean, he's going to be able to have a shot at the next level. Yeah. And that's all he wants. So yeah, that's what's going to be interesting uh, for Tyler next year. And, you know, because of the COVID year, a lot of players have the option to do that. We'll see in the future. When they don't have as many years of eligibility, maybe they don't enter the portal with that extra year. It's tough, but um, North Texas obviously benefited from the transfer portal last year, right? Tyree Eady, you go down the list of players. 
uh, last year. So the Tyler one makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah. I thought like he was either going to go pro or he was going to enter the portal. I, it felt like this was his last year. Oh so, yeah. So that, that with Tyler now gone, like you said, awesome. We wish him nothing but the best. Abu is now where we're at. And like as fans, because that's all we are right now, right? Whereas as fans, it's like, all right, he didn't play in the NIT, family reasons, we respect that. But now he enters the portal. And so now on a surface level, it feels like it's deeper, right? It mm-hmm. feels like it's like, damn, you know, maybe he was already on the fence or something and then just left, you know, whatever. I posed to you, I don't remember when it was, I posed to you as like, what if something happened with his family? He just same pizza place as whenever you said this. <laughs> Oh, we were at the same. We were at the pizza place. Yeah, we had yeah. a great conversation at the pizza place. We should have just recorded it. Um, yeah. But anyways, I said, "What if he just wants to be closer to home?" Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a very, very real thing. We won't know until he chooses where he wants to play. Obviously, right? If yeah. he goes to Texas Tech, or if he goes to you know fill in the blank somewhere that's not in the northeast part of the country, then it's not for that reason. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know how much we want to speculate because it's kind of hard to figure out where he is. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, you know, say something, say think, say the way I think he's feeling when, you know, obviously we don't know. Um, the only thing I told you was like maybe because obviously the team knew Grant was going to leave that that maybe that that hurt him in a way. Mm-hmm. And then he went home to do his family issue. And then, like you said, he was already kind of on the fence and then maybe wanted to transfer that way. But again, players come and go. It's not that big of a deal at the end of the day. Um, I know for football and stuff that we keep talking about transfers leaving and they go to Baylor or power five schools. But like you said, everyone in college basketball is leaving. And like you said, it's, it's not a macro thing. It's a micro thing. You're, you're looking at each individual case per player. Abby the same type of thing. If he has a family issue and he wants to be closer to home, so be it. Let him, let him take advantage of the transfer portal and do that. Um, I think North Texas is still in a good spot uh, with Aaron Scott and uh, Mulai. So. Yeah, that's the, that's the big thing is the, the, is what we saw from Mulai. In the yeah tournament. no yeah i would be a lot more worried if, if mulai yeah. didn't have the tournament that he had if mulai was like not not it then we'd be like all right you lose him now we have to go to the portal and scramble and get a starting center out of the portal too but yeah. you have a starting center in my opinion in mulai like you legitimately have a starting center there and now it's keeping everybody else like as much as you can keep you try to keep and that's what we're not sure what grant mccaslin's gonna try to take with him right that that's our whole thing is tyler and nabu are in the portal and i think tech has reached out to both of them um but at the same time at this moment aaron scott ruben jones mulai you know all of them are still on this team yep and so if ross hodge can keep them then it gets really really interesting to where we don't even have to take a break here we don't even have a rebuild or a reload year at this point we can just Charge it back up, go to the American, and just see where the see where uh, the chips fall. Well, I thought it was interesting during the press conference in the Q and A and in his you know just speech in general is he alluded to Ruben and Aaron specifically both staying. Um, he was asked a question from Brett Vito about you know how hard is it going to be to rebuild this team going to the the American, and he says, "Listen, when you got Aaron and Ruben and Matthew Stone and all those, you know, it's not going to be that hard." And then he also brought up how Aaron, you know, expectation is to average 14 and eight next year and that Ruben's going to have a bigger opportunity to be the most winningest player in North Texas history. So those conversations have clearly already been had. And I would say that that's a very, very telling good thing 
that he's having those things in public because that means that you know they're leaning on the side of okay they're going to be here next year and if they are let me tell you this team's still going to be very dangerous yeah going to need a guard obviously to replace Tyler and everything but yeah but you but you I, have the baseline you're not yeah. like you said you're not starting from scratch it's not it's not even like the rebuild you had to do after you lost JV on James Reese Zach I mean you still have a foundation of players that contributed a lot to this team Aaron and Rubens especially especially in the tournament obviously Tyler and Kai did their thing but Ruben and Aaron were also X factors on that team so we watched the the introductory you know um, press conference and his like opening monologue and everything like that mm-hmm. how are you feeling about Ross Ross Hodge as the head coach right now Talking to Ross personally, I don't think I've ever seen that side of him where he's like emotional like that. I mean, obviously, I've seen him emotional on the sidelines. So. Yeah, we know he's an emotional guy, but we have never seen him like in that like, way. Like in that way, right? And it doesn't talk surprise about me though, but yeah, no, it doesn't. But it was nice to see it that way because I feel like a lot of the things people liked about Grant was that he did that, and Ross, I don't think, had the chance to show himself in that way, right? And that's what I really liked about today. I mean, obviously, he was very emotional, but I mean, even uh, the new women's coach Burton. Yeah, same type of thing. Family, family, family. It's about the people, and that's the thing that Grant kept pre- preaching. And give credit to the athletic department, honestly, because that's been their whole thing for every coach they've hired under Ren and Jared. I mean, Eric Morris, same type of thing. Family, it's about the people you know. Obviously, with the women's coach, and then now with Ross, we already knew everything about Ross. But I think that's the most telling thing is that, you know, the Ross being under Grant and then being able to be promoted in this way and show that he's still like Grant in a way, I think is going to make a lot of people who were on the fence about Ross in any way, be like, okay, this is going to be the same type of program. The culture is the same. Nothing's really yeah. changing. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited because it's, I, I want to see what's different. Me too. Right? Cause like, obviously the defense like is going to be the same, right? The defense feels like it's going to be the same. I just, I want to see from a personnel standpoint, from a rotation standpoint, from an offense standpoint, from a pace standpoint, mm-hmm. all that stuff. There's a lot of wiggle room Ross, ha- Ross has this year. And we'll see uh, what he's able to do. But I thought he what killed are, the opening press conference. And uh, oh yeah, it was really really good. What are your expectations? Obviously, we assuming they put together a team that's you know on par with with something similar yeah. this year. What what do you think? Top. I mean, if they can get top, if uh, like a good season, a really good season, would be top four in the American year one. I don't yeah. think people understand how tough that would be. That would FBA, be really tough. UAB, uh, Memphis, Memphis, Tulane, and so on and so forth. SMU, so on and so forth. If you can get top Wichita four. Wichita State. Wichita State now. If you get top four, that's a really good year. If you get top five in year one, I'm I'm happy. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's the standard that they're holding themselves to because I think they still want to, you know, I think they they believe that they can still get that conference championship because I do, I do think there will be a slight adjustment period. Like, well, I just like think... there was last year, right? Same, yeah, thing, I mean... same thing as last year. Right? Now, obviously, I think last year was the outlier in the sense that it's they just play their brand of basketball to where it made them win the conference championship. Yeah. But I think that that last year's team wasn't the best team in the conference, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I'm saying it's like the adjustment could be the small changes that Ross wants to make or, you know, the, sure. the small things here and there and practices because – if Coach B, which I Coach B is not coming back next year, um, Ross said that, so I'm assuming he's going to Tech. So you're going to have a whole new coaching staff pretty much, mm-hmm. Ross. That's another thing we have to talk about is like that adjustment. Obviously, he leads it, but you have a whole different staff. So there's a lot of moving pieces here. Um, we'll see how, how it goes, but 
I'm I'm excited. I think Ross killed it, and uh, we're gonna get him on, get him on a pod pretty soon. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm very excited. All right, let's jump to uh, our interview with JD Davis. And now joining us is JD Davis, aka North Texas Eagle on Twitter, recruiting analyst and reporter for GoMingGreen.com. JD, it's good to have you on, man. How are you? Rooney Colin, thanks for having me, guys. I'm been a big fan of the show for a while, so honored to get the invite on here. Yeah, I mean, you're you're blowing up my phone saying, "Hey, you need me on. You got to have me on." I'm like, "All right, JD, all right." I mean, I'm just all glad right. the Venmo went through and you got the money, so I'm on here now. So I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's, there's a plug. Anybody who wants to be on the podcast, so the Venmo. The through. payment didn't decline, so here I am. So I'm glad to be here. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That is really um, funny. Well, obviously, uh, obviously, we've followed each other for a long time uh, back when I was in North Texas and all that stuff going through it. I, I mean, you keep breaking all the news, beating everybody to the punch and everything uh, to the point where Colin doesn't even believe that you're breaking the news. He thinks you're making it up. Yeah. Remember that last year? Man. I forgave Colin a long time ago for that. That was I'm glad I, I was forgiven. giving him a hard time so uh but yeah man you're killing it you're killing it uh always do a great job uh, and especially with the site i mean go mean green everything everybody knows that so first of all obviously coaching change we gotta start there as you get a handle on the staff as a whole and just you know the new regime how what do you what are your feelings what are your thoughts overall on this uh new coaching staff the football coaching staff correct yes correct yeah yeah um I mean, it's exciting. Um, I I started covering football when it was Dan McCarney, and where you to get recruiting information. I mean, it was like a week after the kid committed. I mean, it was just there was nothing going on. Uh, this staff, I mean, it's it's almost impossible to keep up with all the activities. I mean, they've got kids on on campus. It seems like daily. Uh, they've got an official uh, JUCO tied in that's doing his official visits this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, they've got. Not only, you know, guys that are currently recruiting, they've got 25s on campus now. Um, some 26s I've seen that were visiting the other day. They've got college, high school coaches on campus. I mean, it's the the amount of exposure they're they're giving to North Texas right now at the moment is, is pretty amazing to watch. And, um, you know, the pipelines they're building in, in South Dallas is, is also impressive. I mean, they, the staff is, I mean, so far for me, I mean, I'm giving them an A-plus grade in terms of recruiting just because – they've hit the ground running and it doesn't look like they're slowing down. Yeah. It, it's interesting because obviously the last staff had that run of three, I think it was three straight highly rated classes, right? You mm-hmm. had all the talented guys, highly rated guys. It seemed like a lot of those highly rated guys didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, but I'll never forget when uh, they hired Eric Morris, uh, Gabe, Brooks went on uh, one of the radio shows and he talked about how different it was to get a staff on there that would recruit that could recruit Dallas a lot better and recruit their area a lot better. Um, obviously we're what three months into this thing at this point yeah. with, with the yeah. new coaching staff. Uh, why can you explain to people why that's so important with um, I mean, obviously just with the talent on hand there and how you see the staff kind of doing that. Yeah. So, I mean, Seth improved North Texas recruiting light, light years from where it was when he got hired. Uh, I think that I would say the difference I'm seeing right now is one, it's, it seems to me like the whole staff, it's all hands on deck. I mean, everybody's recruiting, not to mention they have a power five level of recruiting staff mm-hmm. in, in terms of numbers. Uh, but at the same time, 
something that Seth never did that I always was hoping he would do is, you know, bring in a Texas high school football coach, bring in some retired football. Because those guys, I mean, that's a fraternity that those guys are so tight-knitted that, I mean, you can't – it's hard to, to be able to beat those guys in recruiting and bringing in Coach Gilbert, Coach Sobata, um, Coach O, um, yeah. Coach Gary. I mean, they, they've got so many guys that's got Texas high school football connections that, I mean, I think we're seeing it in South Oak Cliff right now. I mean, Coach Gil, Gilbert, um, you know, when, when he steps into a kid's home, I mean, it, it brings weight. It's, it's, it's like, I, it's impressive. Uh, and that's the only way I can really describe it. Um, and I think that's something that, that not to talk bad about the old staff, but they just, they had some great recruiters at time. I mean, coach Biagi, uh, coach mm-hmm. Kuntz, um, coach Fulani. I mean, there were some good guys that, that were individual recruiters, but as far as, um, I don't know if, if Seth ever had a guy on his staff as a, as an ace recruiter as, as say a coach, Gilbert I mean that that guy in South Dallas I mean he's he's known by everybody and and I think he can walk at, we saw it with with Taylor Starlin um you know they mm-hmm. went head to head with Jeff Trailer they went head to head with um a lot of guys uh you know, Texas State and yeah. and Eric Morris and coach Gilbert went there went to his house and signed sealed and delivered it so I mean like I said that's that's been the most impressive thing for me so far and and, and biggest takeaway from the staff how impressive has it been to you? Because you gave him an A plus for hitting the ground running. Yeah. A lot of those recruits are some of the highest rate recruits they've gotten. So how impressive is that to you? The fact that they were able to come here so late into the recruiting, you know, window and then still get highly rated guys. I mean, 88, 87. Uh, obviously, some of these are JUCO transfers, but how, what's that look like to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I know a lot of people gave them, you know lower grades because the class is not in terms of size. It wasn't the biggest class ever signed at North Texas. And I know when you're doing recruiting rankings and you're, you know, you're grading the whole state, I'm literally just looking at it in, you know, just North Texas, Um, you know, them getting technically Eric Morris getting hired after the first signing period. I think he even made mention of it in his press conference that uh, there's a lot of guys that had already signed that they definitely think that they could have won or landed if there wasn't for the early signing period. So me taking, you know, and, and Bruno, you probably, y'all probably know the numbers. I don't know how many kids actually signed that first signing period, but you take that number of kids out of the equation and North Texas being able to land what they did in just one recruiting cycle. And, you know, three weeks, I think was all they had with the full staff to land some of the guys they did. I mean, the Javen Anderson's uh, of the world, Taylor Starlin's um, it's was, was super and awesome to see as a fan and, and as a guy that's covered recruiting for 10 years. I mean, to see that, it just gave me hope that, man, if we can get this full staff, you know, a full cycle, mm-hmm. what, what what's December going to look like? I mean, and, and we're kind of seeing a little bit of that already with, you know, there's only three commits, but if you look at those three commits that all, their offer list, they're probably three of the most impressive offer lists North Texas has had committed here in you know the last decade. How much of them getting better recruits is – is it all just them going to the American now? Just, like, taking that step up in competition? Um, or do you think, like, if they were still in Conference USA, it would, you know, obviously hinder them more? Because, um, like like Colin kind of said, it's been a run of, like, highly rated guys. I mean, we, we were talking about it when, like, you know, Varkey's Gums and, like, Eric Williams, it was, like, 85, 86 rated guys. And we are like, damn, that's huge. Yeah. And now they're, they're beating out some, like, highly rated teams – for for yeah. these guys is that just a product of them going to the american 
I think it definitely helps. I mean, I think it levels the playing field. I mean, you look at a team, a rivalry like SMU. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was something they could hang their hats on. That was something that they could beat us in recruiting. You know, we're in the American, yep. North Texas is not. Um, I think when you when you look at stuff like that and you look at the success the Americans had between the Central Floridas, uh, Houston just had success Cincinnati. in basketball. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's a lot easier to sell to recruits that, hey, you can come here, you can get drafted, you can, you know, we can play potentially for a national championship. I, I definitely think it's helped. Um, now, I, I do think that the staff, the, the staff hiring, the recruiting staff, I think yeah. all that's played a big part. Um, I think the the athletic department's put a ton of resources into the football program to, to help recruiting. Uh, but, yeah, I think the Americans just part of the equation, but I think it's definitely, definitely played a, a big part. I mean, you look at schools like Tulsa, Memphis, those are schools that, I mean, just for being honest, Seth, they didn't beat a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now I think we can go to head-to-head with schools in the American and, and you know, there's nothing holding us back. Um, you know, that the conference we're in can't hold it against us. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, I want to get in, you kind of mentioned it, uh, them having a JUCO tight end on campus um, with Varkey's gun, gums leaving, and obviously we know Jake Roberts, Ashley Alberting all left. Uh, it does is it a lock that they add another tight end before next year starts? Yeah, so he's actually on campus right now. Um, I, I mean, even this. if it's not him, if it's him, if not him, whatever, whether it's Portal JUCO, whatever, is it a lock that they add someone at tight? For end? sure. Yeah, I would say you know. I would I would bet my mortgage that there's definitely going to be a tight end added, uh, whether it be through the portal or uh, JUCO. I think he's on uh, campus right now. Joshua Smith, I believe, is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eric Morris tweeted out the puzzle piece earlier. I'm assuming uh, that's the commit. Like I said, I'm, I don't. I never wanted. I like breaking news is fun, but breaking commits is not something I like to do. But if I was going to assume, I'm assuming that's got to be the commit uh, since he is on campus. But yeah, if it's not him, uh, I mentioned on our podcast that I think um, tied in is definitely position. I mean, Jake Roberts was a big loss um, going to Baylor. Uh, Gums was a guy that I really hoped. I I never thought he would graduate from North Texas just because we heard rumblings from the moment he got on campus that, he was testing the waters. He wanted to test the waters. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know people were in his ear. Um, I'm honestly kind of surprised he hasn't committed. I don't know if I guess the portal's not open right now, but I still felt like he would have yeah. thrown out some, at least said some offers. But um, yeah, I think losing him and Roberts, they're they're going to have to add somebody. I think there's still some talent in that tight end room, but uh, that you know losing your two top dogs, it, there's definitely a, a hole of void there at the top. Yeah, I saw. I saw. Sorry, Colin. I'll let you ask a question. No, you're fine. Um, but I saw they moved the the portal up to April fifteenth now as the second window instead of May first. So maybe we'll see something at, on April fifteenth. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Colin. Um, outside of tight end, obviously being the most glaring position that North Texas needs to recruit, what what position would you have liked to see recruited more? Whether that's you know getting a, another quarterback in for whatever reason, or linebackers, or safeties. Um. Probably I'm going to take a, a, a I'm going to cheat a little bit and if I can I'm going to say two positions okay. I would have liked for him to see I would like for him to bring in uh, probably another linebacker uh, losing a guy like Katie Davis is a huge loss mm-hmm. I mean that's that's he he's probably one of the goats of North Texas linebacking and they've had some good ones uh, you know there's Nixon's coming back um, Wood. going, Woods back 
Uh, but yeah, I would probably like to bring another guy that's had some, and there was some, uh, some very talented guys in the portal. Uh, probably the next thing is probably a tackle. If they could have brought in uh, at least one more tackle in uh, that's got some experience. I know that Coach Morris and his staff, they were disappointed when they got on campus with the, the amount of depth, the amount of scholarship on the offensive line. So I kind of really thought, I knew they went after several more offensive tackles and, and didn't have luck. So um, that's maybe two positions that potentially I guess we could we could see because, um, you know, this once the, the second – window opens up for the transfer portal after spring ball um, yeah. that that would be two positions and then i mean i'm a cornerback i'm gonna throw that out there because i feel like you never have enough cornerbacks either so did you say quarterback or corner 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 okay yeah. say you want more, you want more no, than six no we've got plenty <laughs> don't of start me don't don't, <laughs> don't get me started here okay don't get me started <laughs> talking about the number of quarterbacks we no, have here. i can't keep track of the ones we got now no no yeah. more quarterbacks speaking of quarterbacks how do you like uh chandler morris Oh, that's Chandler Rogers. Jeez, Chandler Rogers. Uh, and uh, and and the Grant Gannell. Or do you think? I guess Grant Gannell has a chance to to kind of you know because Brian and I were talking about the last last football podcast that maybe he can still kind of try to compete or 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 something. So, what are your what are your thoughts on Chandler Rogers? Or and is there a competition in your head? Yeah, I like Chandler Morris too. Just gonna throw that out there. Shout out Chandler Morris. Yeah, <laughs> Shout out Chandler Morris. Uh, Chandler Rogers. I, I for me, I feel like he's got to be. The, the top guy. I mean, he's got division one playing experience. He's got talent. Um, I heard right off the bat, you know, he's the guy, he's the guy in practice. Uh, but I think that there's several other guys that stepped up. I think JD heads had an unbelievable camp so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big stone Earl fan. If y'all, if y'all see on my Twitter, I've, I've, I was a big stone Earl fan last year. I, I, I love seeing him come was in. It, and, was well, it a stone Earl fan or were you an, just anti Austin Ani? Cause yeah. They, no comment. We go. We go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we turned into anti-Austin Ani fans on this podcast somehow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was an Ani apologist for a long time. So I just <laughs> yeah, Seth. Seth, when he got his guy, he stuck with him. You got to mm-hmm. give him credit for that. But yeah, I was. I love seeing Stone come on the field. So and Greg Gunnell, I mean, he's a guy that I think it was a deal on ESPN. They posted the other day like who are the greatest Texas high school football quarterbacks. It may have been yeah. twenty four. It may be, I don't. I don't know who posted, but it was a little deal. And there's. You know, you got Jalen Hurts, you got all these different guys, Drew Brees, and there's Grant Gannell. So, I mean, you kind of hope that he, you know, has his comeback story and 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 can and I mean, he was good at his freshman year at Arizona. But um, if I had to put money and and lay my money down in Vegas, I'm gonna have to say Chandler Rogers will be the starting quarterback game one against California. And right. it's kind of bittersweet because we beat him out in recruiting for him, so mm-hmm. it'll be nice. Yeah. Um, give me, give me a player on this roster can be any player, uh, that you're, you think is either underrated or you're just excited to see. Mm. If you want to pull up the roster. No, no, no. There's a guy like Nick Nikwasa. Yeah. Nick I'm not really good at saying his last name, but uh-huh. he was a guy I was super excited about last year and safety's position that we struggled in. Um, he got hurt last year and seeing him back at practice this year. He's a guy that I, I think is kind of underrated. Um, his recruiting kind of blew up there at the end, but it's exciting to see what he can do. He's kind of an old-school safety type hard hitter, um, and he's a name you don't hear quite a bit. So he's a he's a name that I'm I'm kind of I would say if I had to pick just you know a name you don't hear a lot, that's the one I'm going to say. Sa- safety room feels like it's like kind of wide open. I heard Philip Hill, you know, we, uh, a little bit. We heard Nick Nakwasa. 
Yeah. Uh, Bryce Linder, we heard. Uh, Harold yeah. West is still there. I loved him as a prospect. Um, just feels like a really open kind of position. So I'm and, and they they spoke really highly of, of Phil Hill. Um, of course, he played for um, Sabata in high school. He played for uh, Jennings and at UNLV. So he so two coaches on the staff knew him. That was kind of the connection there. Uh, but the, the everything I've heard is if he can stay healthy, he's going to be an all conference defensive back uh, so so health's gonna be something to watch with him so it'll be exciting to see and and like we talked about anderson high school kid coming in can he break the two deep you know yeah. so there's definitely some some talent back there I, hopefully you know one or two can step up and i know that that's a very important part in the new defense yeah 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 go ahead colin yeah uh flip yeah flipping back to the offense uh one thing bernie i talked about was the fact that they were able to keep all their running backs um obviously yeah. oscar attaway Isaiah Johnson, uh, a day, a day, Ragsdale. How do you think they were able? Like, how how important has Patrick Cobb's been not only for to keep this running backs room, but just you know in recruiting in general? I think it's huge. I mean, if you would ask me the day Seth got fired, I would have said, "Do you you might lose the whole running back room?" Like, mm-hmm. I, especially the way they used the running back by committee, I felt like in today's age, you know, one, two, or three of those guys could have easily said. I want to be the main guy. I want to go and be the bell cow somewhere. And I think we could argue that probably all four of them could do that. Uh, so the fact that we're still sitting here at spring ball and none of them's transferred blows my mind. Um, I did get a text, I guess like a month ago that Oscar was in the portal, but it was just a. You got pranked. Yeah, I got pranked. So luckily I didn't run with that breaking news. So double checked on that one, but um, yeah, Ragsdale's, I've, I've been a big Ragsdale fan since he got on campus. I love mm-hmm. Oscar. Uh, a day, you know, kind of came out of nowhere and, and is a good change of pace back. So um, exciting to see how they're used in the new system. Um, I, I I don't think we're going to be near as, as run heavy. So that concerns yeah. me with that many guys. Is, is there going to be enough food to go around uh, to feed everybody? But, um, yeah, I mean, credit, like I said, to answer your question, credit to Patrick Cobbs because I think that's uh, – the only reason you you got all those guys still on campus. I, yeah, I'm just really excited to see what this offense looks like because there is no shortage of weapons. Obviously, the offensive line is an interesting one because you do have some returners, and obviously, Gabe Blair's a, a monster. But at the same time, it's just I'm really interested to see what Morris does with this because he's not coming into a situation where the cupboard's bare. Like this is no. you're coming in here right. with with guys that can play, and so you got to get it installed. It, figure out your quarterback situation real quick and kind of play with that. But it's the offense is I'm very excited to see how it looks. And that wide the wide receiver room, I mean, I've, yeah. I've said it before, it is power five quality. I mean, I think from top to bottom, the amount of depth they have. Uh, and then you bring a guy in like Chandler Rogers, who had a, a, a less talented ULM. I mean, I think we can argue that there's definitely more talent than North Texas wide receiver room. He completed yeah. 70% of his passes. So you're like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if you can – he can come in here and just kind of, you know, barely. I mean, I think what was on a 54, 55 percent, something I mean, like that. That's a, a 15 percent is a huge. I mean, you, yeah. you don't think it's that much, but that's a huge difference. No, so, huge. Um, yeah, I'm excited. New offense, uh, new quarterback potentially with with this wide receiver core. It could be an extremely exciting year for some North Texas football and, and potentially surprise some teams. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be the interesting part to see see how they do this year. I, I won't ask for a record prediction. We'll save that for uh, we'll save that for when we we have you on in like July or something. But, hey, uh, as long as they can come back, that's awesome. 
I don't, hopefully I don't have to pay you again. <laughs> <laughs> Hold off on the Venmo. I didn't tell Colin about this. So he's okay. Yeah, I didn't get my cut. From so the money my from bad, him. my bad. Sorry. <laughs> but, it was shared. Yeah, well, all right, JD. That's uh, that's all we have for y'all. Uh, if you want to plug your uh, your podcast and where, where they can find you, because um, I know you, you obviously do great work. Yeah, so we usually do the, the Go Mean Green podcast. The Barbershop podcast is on Wednesday nights. Um, just North Texas Eagles, the Twitter follow. We usually post it up there. And at Go Mean Green on Twitter, we usually post the, the links there. Sometimes some people have trouble finding them on the website. But uh, GoMeanGreen.com, that's, we post them on there too. So, um, yeah, but Wednesday nights is, is mainly the night we try to shoot far to, to record it. Yeah. Yeah, y'all can check them out there. Um that's all we got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed it. You know, half basketball, half football. Uh, we'll get more into the football side of things as it goes, but obviously we had to touch on all the basketball news. So hope y'all enjoyed the podcast and we will talk to y'all later.